Welcome back to Dormies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it's hip to be square. Today we're talking the squared circle. Can you smell what the normies are cooking? Welcome back, brothers. Most electrifying episode of podcast entertainment. Get excited. What? Get pumped. What? We are talking WWE, and that's the bottom line because normies like us said so. Give me a hell yeah! You jabronis hit the jackpot! Ooh, yeah! You're fired! We got two words for ya! Rest in peace! Welcome back to the most electrifying form of audio entertainment on the earth. It's normies like us. It's wrestling time. This is Mike. This is Colin. Joe. And we're joined by our very special guest, kind of doing an experiment here, our first remote broadcast. We're happy to have him. And his name is John C. Andrew Fiscus. Hi. What's up, buddy? Hi, friends. How's it going? Hey, happy to have you with the normies here, man. Yeah, happy to be here. Thank you. Happy to have you on what I would say, we've had a lot of guests on episodes where maybe we've sort of introduced them as sort of a leading expert on a topic, but I'm very confident to say you and Mike here are going to be walking Joe and I kind of through this as the wrestling experts. Oh, it's a grudge match. We're going to see who's the most wrestling knowledgeable. I'm excited to have a good chat with you, Andrew. Yeah, it should be fun. Absolutely. All right, so, you know, as we're talking, it's WrestleMania. It's nigh on the horizon. A lot of big matches being set. And wrestling really is a big part of, I think, a lot of our childhoods. And that's pretty much it. I mean, the niche is stuff like New Japan or the territories. The normie is WrestleMania. The and normie the is WrestleMania. Right. The, the fact that WrestleMania is the Super Bowl of wrestling. Somebody can say, oh, I kind of know what WrestleMania is. Maybe even if they don't know who's in the matches or the cards specifically. But can I go around and ask everybody's background? Andy, starting with you as a guest, like, what is your history with wrestling? I know you're a guy who went to matches as a kid, for sure. I did go to matches as a kid. Um, well, I started watching wrestling in, like, 1996. Uh, so, you know, I was, like, 10, something like that. Um, I was a WCW fan. Uh, my, my first wrestling, like, memory is... Uh, this wrestler, this German wrestler in WCW, Alex Wright, uh, him getting stomped in the corner. And I remember oh like God. the yellow WCW turnbuckles. Um, so that's what I think of when I think of the first uh, wrestling. He's pretty, you know, fairly uneventful career. But um, yeah, so I want it's like. Uh, it's like, what's your first memory of uh, a sport that's sort of taken a twist to being more family-oriented is being a 10-year-old and watching a guy get stomped. <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my brother was like, hey, I think you might enjoy this. And so, yeah, it kind of took off from there. Um, but, yeah, I was a big WCW fan early on. Um, I switched to, like, WWF. Uh, there's this actually this when you had no choice. Well, there's yeah. I mean, it's a little before that. There's actually this moment that everybody talks about in their like Monday Night War era where um, they gave away the results on WCW that um, Mick Foley was going to win the WWF title that night because it was like pre-taped. And yep. I was one of the people that switched over to the WWF. And they say that that's like the moment they lost the war. And I was a big oh mankind Mick Foley fan. And so I started pretty much watching mainly WWF from that point. 
That's interesting, yeah, because I was on the other side, if I can just jump in real quick. I was watching WrestleMania 3, like, VHS tapes that my dad had when I was really young, like Ricky Steamboat and Macho Man Randy Savage, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, the old Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. Slim Jim in your hand. Yeah. So I was on the WWF side the whole time. I always thought WCW was a little cornier, but a lot of the guys that came from there are super talented. But what Andrew was talking about with when they announced the pre-tapes, they were trying to take a dig like, oh, we do our shows live and they don't. Mick Foley wins. Why would he even bother? But they had the opposite effect. Damn. And that's when WWF really took over. That's really taking some shots at another company. Can you imagine if Coke was like, hey, like, let's put this ad where it's like literally like fucking ingredient that Pepsi uses. Yeah, like, we kind of have that. So that's yeah, what I meant. Corn syrup, dilly dilly. Oh, it is. It's what Super Budweiser's doing this year. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, you know, and then by I said, you have no choice. Eventually, WWE acquires WCW and you kind of have no choice. And that kind of affects the product now and i want to talk about that later but how about you guys what's your you guys were coming at it when it was the era of where you were picking sides and taking sides i kind of came at it of the angle of looking at how it was affecting my peers i definitely missed out at the youth angle when you guys were watching it like 10 7 something like that but in high school junior high you know even younger than that i would see other kids where like basically like my wood shop for instance had two types of kids where they were either like whittling like G unit or Austin 316. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> you got to see that like firsthand like mania takeover. You know, not Hulkamania, you know, we're a little too old for that, but just that second wave of what Austin meant, what The Rock meant. I, I rode that wave of it. That's where I came. So that was like the, the, the birth of the SmackDown era, mm -hmm. I would say. Right? That is yeah, really a little post attitude, peak. right? Yeah, and we'll kind of maybe talk about those distinctions here once we get our. Our first uh, wrestling memories out of the way. How about you, Jeff? Uh, hardcore fan from, like, I would say fourth grade to seventh grade. Like, that sweet spot of, of too old for Saturday morning cartoons. This is what you watch now. Yeah. Ah, is uh, wrestling for kids? Hmm. I mean, it didn't seem like it, but nah. yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I was introduced to it as a kid, but definitely that Attitude Era, which is yeah. arguably the peak of the business, you know? Because you have The Rock and Stone Cold at the height of their powers, right? Degeneration. Uh, yeah, there's crotch chopping and brawn panties matches. It definitely wasn't for kids. <laughs> no, 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 hold on. Stacey Keebler coming out in her panties. That's, that's for kids. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. For the whole family. So it definitely has a weird identity. Um, but yeah, that was when I was, like, right after the Monday Night War. There was a Nintendo 64 game. I can't remember which one it was, what it was called, but it was named after like one of the events. WCW um, Nitro, something like that, one, maybe. Yeah, and that was like the first like, oh, okay, this is this is fun. And then that's where I really got into it. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that, Joe. Just our personal history as friends. I mean, with you too, Andy. Looking at this episode, I kind of backtracked and said, we could come at this strictly from a video game angle. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. What yes. wrestling game as a thing means to us just as drunk, <laughs> early 20-year-olds, late teenagers. <laughs> oh, yeah. The thing about doing a wrestling video game episode, we would just spend three hours making characters, and then we would forget and to play. play. <laughs> you have to understand, look, I've got to get his sideburns just right. Uh -huh. Which of these three kicks that I'll never use really captures his identity? But so we're out here. So well, another question does uh, start with Andy. Do you watch any other promotions besides WWE? Because they're the big dog. But there's been a renaissance lately of new wrestling companies to step into the space. 
Yeah, um, actually, I started following, like, I got really into, like, tape trading um, when I was young, uh, probably, like, late middle school, like, ninth grade, something like that, and so I got really into, like, all the indie promotions, all the uh, Japanese stuff, and I've always kind of been more interested in that to uh, than WWE. I mean, they're certainly, like, they're, like, the main show in town, right? Like, they're the, the yeah. big event, but, like... You know, I think you'd probably agree that often they're not telling the like complex, really like nuanced stories. They're they're really yeah. mainstreaming it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I I don't I certainly don't watch um, as much wrestling now as I did when I was young. Um, but I always try to follow, try to keep up. I mean, I was like early like into Ring of Honor when it was like very early on. I used to go to their shows. Um, which was wow, that's actually legit. Yeah, which was a lot of fun. Um, to this day, the best wrestling match I've ever seen live was uh, CM Punk versus Samoa Joe in a one-hour draw. Ah, damn! Um, which was super fun. I mean, and now you know, I just try to keep up on everything. I'm I'm very interested in what's going to happen with AEW. Um, I think that that's really interesting with a billionaire backing them and where that could go. Um, it's actually uh, an interesting time. I think the landscape of uh, the wrestling industry has changed quite a bit. Um, but I don't get to, you know, I don't get to go to shows really anymore. I, I tend to spend my um, extra income on, on other adult, more adult-oriented things. Um, not that, you know, wrestling isn't for everyone. Yeah, wrestling, is it for kids? Or <laughs> That's what we're going to discover on this podcast. I That's think it's for, for, for 14-year-olds who don't know what's happening to them. Yeah. And 40-year-olds who never aged beyond 14. Yeah. 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 So those are like me. But when I was saying earlier that, like, Andy, Mike, that you guys are sort of maybe the niche, Joe and I are maybe the normies on this. Should we put our lower thirds? What are our credentials? Well, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. even that, you guys are saying you're watching the, the international market, which is booming so huge with wrestling right now. I've heard you guys talk about New Japan for years now, and just yeah. checking out myself, I'm like, wow, this is a fucking fantastic product. Well, and even Ring of Honor, I mean, in the last couple of years, I've seen it trending on Twitter and on Saturday nights. Well, I think what's really interesting to me is like as somebody who who was going to these Ring of Honor shows in you know 2002 2003 like those people that were on top there are all like the main talent in WWE like you like know Ricochet's over there now like AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan, you know these are people that I saw wrestle in front of like 800 people at Montgomery County Fairgrounds in Dayton, Ohio. And oh my god. Oh you know what I mean? Like so their entire roster is built off the indie scene. Um, like the vast majority of it. And, you know, it just continues to, to develop like that with NXT and with all the guys that are top stars there. I mean, they were all pro wrestling, Gorilla, Ring of Honor, uh, New Japan guys. So um, they're certainly noticing that trend in the growth of the indies, and they're trying to pull their talent from there as well. Speaking of the indies, Colin, do you remember... What is it? What is it called? The I'll tell you right now because it's the only thing I want to talk about. Too. <laughs> I'm championship so wrestling from of Hollywood. Hollywood yes. From Hollywood, uh, big the, championship the, wrestling from the Hollywood. Greatest fans. thing Joe and I ever discovered while taping Scrubs episodes off local cable access nice. at, like at like two in the four, morning. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say later four in the morning. Seeing commercials afterwards where they say, "Up next, championship wrestling from Hollywood. The hobo is going to be going up against Johnny Rat Pack." You're yeah. like, big oh, Mac. Shit. And Gentleman Jervis. <laughs> yeah, losing my mind. Have Some you ever heard of this promotion, though, Andrew? 
this uh, Andy. This oh, we are you kidding? We reached out to Andy immediately when we <laughs> said, "Hey, do you know about this?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, I can tell you a couple of these guys. They're terrible." Yeah, it's not it's <laughs> not people. a great promotion, uh, but you know, it's, no. But Joey Ryan got over. He did. Yeah, I mean, he's a you know he's a SoCal guy, so he's going to be out here doing his thing, and whatever promotion's going to have him. And that's why he went to Lucha Underground and stuff like that. It was definitely a funny curiosity. Me and friend of the show, X Kaida, stumbled on it in much the same way. Ooh. Um, I guess to underline, I guess, my experience with wrestling as well, uh, you know, I've been to a Wrestle Kingdom show in Japan. You know, I've been to local baseball field locals in Ohio. I've been to tapings of Lucha Underground. I follow Raw, New Japan mostly. Um, a, a lot of New Japan and WWE stuff wasn't much of a WCW guy. But Mike, can I get a recommendation for the local scene? Would you put Lucha versus, what is it, I believe, PCW Gorilla? Is that what it's called? Pro Wrestling Gorilla. PW Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Uh, I hear that's supposed to be fantastic. What would you recommend like local California listeners check out? If you could get to the Lucha shows when they were doing them, that was super great because I got to see Rey Mysterio and Chavo Guerrero and you're like two feet away from them. Damn. So that's like cool Those to kind are, of... That's another promotion that we watched as well. Because it's so Brown. fucking cinematic. Yeah. Um, Johnny Mundo. Yeah, Johnny Mundo. Same birthday as me. Shout outs. Um, but yeah, taking a different angle, and now we have All Elite Wrestling right next door in Vegas. Their first pay-per-view with Kenny Omega, Chris Jericho is on May 25th. So a lot of competition coming up now. What do you think, you know, any about that? Yeah, I think, I think it's a really interesting time. If, I'm not a California local right now, but let me tell you, I think the... Uh, I think Lucha Vavum is something that's going on in the L.A. Oh, yeah. area that a lot of people are checking out and really liking. I mean, that's like a variety right. show kind of thing. You've got your, you know, uh, I don't know what the, the PC term, dwarves, like little, like people with dwarfism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Minis mini, you know, mini wrestlers. You've got, it has, a, um, you know, comedians host it. It's like a, like a variety show with Lucha mixed in. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Pro Wrestling Gorilla has really become like, the place where celebrities go, which is very strange. That's what I hear. They're That's the wreck where I hear. Yeah, yeah they're, they're sold out almost immediately the second their tickets go on sale. It's very tough to get. Um, and they're just in this, these tiny little, this tiny little like uh, event center, tiny little gymnasium. And, you know, you have, you have celebrities sitting front and second row. It's, it's a really strange dynamic, but they're, they're really great. They put on some really great shows. That seems a little, like, purgy to me. You know? <laughs> like, let them fight. We watch. Maybe. But it feels like, yeah, there's been a resurgence of almost a return to the territories. We have a lot of different indie scenes popping up. Ring of Honor, New Japan, AEW, Pro Wrestling Guerrilla. There's, like, more stuff happening, even Impact still around, so... Are we heading towards the, the streaming wars as opposed to the Monday Night Wars? That's a good way to put it. It almost is split up with the way the cable's splitting up their channels and packages now. It's like the history of WWE and what it used to be with WWF and WWF and uniting the territories. Mm -hmm. It sort of was that. And like you guys are saying now, there's so many different options. It's like we don't just have to be talking WWE today. And if you're a wrestling fan, don't stop there. Look around. Find some great stuff, Normies. Yeah, uh, definitely. But just while we're talking generals, Andy, I wanted to ask you one last question. As a guy who loves a different brutal violent sport, what is your opinion of wrestlers who become MMA stars? Like, as a guy who you just said you saw CM Punk, now you're seeing his uh, G.I. Joe coke tattooed ass sort of get kicked in, in the ring in MMA. Uh, like, what are your thoughts there? Well, okay. I mean, I don't want to get too much into the history on everything. But, I mean, MMA and pro wrestling are sort of, like, intrinsically linked. Like, they've, they've like, always been like that, especially in Japan. 
I mean, Antonio Noki was doing crossovers with big MMA stars as pro wrestlers, pro wrestlers as MMA fighters. I mean, you can look up uh, Mirko Krokop, you know, big kickboxing star, big MMA star. You know, he had he had MMA fights with like Al- Alberto Del Rio. Um, oh my God. Like, uh, Jack Swagger right now is in Bellator. Um, yep. He's starting his career off looking good. I mean, the, the, the thing is you're, you're kind of geared up for success. If you have, you know, a legitimate amateur wrestling background and you're somebody that's moving into MMA because that's the big MMA base. Um, but if you're somebody with no, you know, legitimate combat experience and you're stepping into the MMA cage, you know, it, it's not going to work out great. It didn't work out great for CM Punk. Um, I'm a big CM Meanwhile, Punk Brock fan. He's a really nice guy um, to me anyway. The few times that I've talked to him, I think he's really good. I wanted him to succeed. But if you have no legitimate athletic background, you're in for trouble. I mean, Brock Lesnar looking great, right? I mean, he's he had mm-hmm. made a great MMA run. I mean, but he was one of the elite college wrestlers. I mean, NCAA two-time yeah. champion. I mean... Do you think he's going to head back and doing the research for this episode and looking at the card for WrestleMania? A lot of people were like, just get it out, get it done. That way he can get back to MMA faster. Uh, I mean, he's talked about doing one more fight. The big, I mean, the big heavyweight fight that everyone's waiting on right now in MMA is Daniel Cormier versus Brock Lesnar. Um, Whether everybody is waiting on it because they want to see it or not um, is one thing. It'll certainly do big numbers, but I... A lot of people seem to think it's kind of like a foregone conclusion, but uh, it certainly put the heavyweight division of the UFC on hold, and that's like the fight that everybody talks about. So that's kind of it's interesting that that whole division is on hold for that fight when Brock Lesnar is not even in the sport currently. I mean, he's still signed to WWE, and he could resign. So that is so cool. I just think it's like what other sport can you use the publicity and momentum you're generating? Like LeBron James is like, I'm the greatest basketball player of all time. Don't you want to see me hit a thousand home runs too? And it's like, oh shit, <laughs> Michael Michael Jordan, man. That's yeah, the that's yeah, the plot the, of Space Jam. It's the Space yeah. Jam. You're right. Yeah, and at the same time, now both of these things are basically they live and die by the booking and the talent they have on the roster. And sometimes that talent can cross over, and you know. I also think we should also get into the booking of this coming up, WrestleMania 35. We kind of set up the history. We might do a UFC episode, Normies. Let us know, you know, because there's a lot to talk about on both sides of this. Um, and I want to know, has anybody ever gone from the other side? Has, like, John Bones Jones like, gone to WWE? Oh, really? Ken Shamrock was in the early UFCs. Oh, cool. Or Ronda Rousey. Oh, I guess oh, we, yeah. Andy, that's, true. that's the perfect segue. You guys are right. Let's talk the card coming up. Let's talk WrestleMania. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. It's time to get into the thick of things. Let's get it. Uh, R.I.P. Mean Gene. <laughs> well, I wasn't Mean Gene, but anyway. How's it going, guys? We're ready. I mean, we've been talking wrestling. WrestleMania 35 is coming up. I have kind of fallen off, but I want to first of all ask, what, in your opinion, is the greatest WrestleMania match? You know, what comes to your mind? Start with Andy. Um, for me, the greatest WrestleMania match is WrestleMania 13, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. The, oh, you snaked ooh. me. 
the match that made Stone Cold Steve Austin, the character, the double turn. I was a huge Bret Hart fan, and that, you know, that moment where he's got Stone Cold Steve Austin in the sharpshooter, he's got blood pouring down his face. I mean, they turned that into the Austin 316 t-shirt. John in the proverbial crimson mask, as JR famously called it. Yeah, that is, that's the one that hits me. That's the one from my childhood that I, like, really connect to. Damn, we've done a lot of tape rewatch of selects. I don't know if I remember that one off the top of my that, head, guys. And for, for the normies who don't know, a double turn is a term when both characters switch alignments through the course of the start to the end of the match. So Bret Hart is a baby face. Stone Cold is a heel. And a baby face is a good guy. And through the match and just telling the story in the ring, they accomplish Stone Cold becoming the biggest hero baby face in the company. And Bret Hart is the most hated heel. It's incredibly difficult to do, and it's like a work of art. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about how a narrative flow is expressed through what people can sort of sum up as fake. You know, you you get, I get very turned off by someone. I mean, I'll just tell you guys, like, flat out wrestling, like, is the only thing I think I've never been able to get anyone else into. Like, everyone in Mm. my family, I've given a spiel of, Yo, this is this. And the moment that I'll talk about, I've shown people, like, this is my favorite match ever. Nobody gives a shit. And I think that automatic turnoff is that it is fake, but that ability through a sport to convey a story like you're saying, Mike, is fucking impressive. Yeah. And to do it with physicality and gestures, Andy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something I've never really got is the whole, like, fake thing and how that's a turnoff to people. I mean, you can dislike it for what it is. Like, some, sometimes the acting's really bad, sometimes... You know, the matches don't quite work. The chemistry's not there. But, like, do you, do people not go to movies because they're fake? Like, yeah. I mean... Thanos isn't real. The yeah, snap didn't happen. Yeah, like, I don't get I, that. It's another exactly form right. of entertainment. Like, that that's never made sense to me. I, well, but it's physical. There's nothing fake about... I mean, to say that the narrative or the payoff is fake, I understand that. But what they're doing is certainly not fake at all. Oh, Mick Foley fell game. through yeah. a steel cage. Yeah. Twice. It happened. Very high-level stunt performers. I mean, that's what you're getting, right? On a level of like Cirque du Soleil or something, maybe not with the finesse, but definitely the athleticism required and the strength and all that. I mean, that was something I remember as a kid, and I'm sure Andy and Mike, you guys didn't have this experience because there was sort of that familial element to it. Colin, maybe you do. I remember birthday parties begging to get the pay-per-view and just being like, I I know it's $35, but like, come on, here are all the matches I want to see. They don't care. They don't know who any of those people are. They just understand I want to watch, like, violence until one in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't even really big into wrestling, and I still begged for, like, the Macho Man, like, My Buddy dolls that you could just, like, do moves on. (laughs) There was, like, why? A SummerSlam when I was, like, 12 that I was like, come on, please, please. It was, like, the only one they actually let me get. Well, since I got my answer snaked, um, I'm going to go ahead and say my backup favorite match would be the Intercontinental title ladder match, Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania yes. 10, I believe. Great, great match. Yeah. Razor Ramon, he's a bad dude. Hey, yo, it's me, the bad guy. The bad guy. <laughs> hey, yo, bad guys. Hey, yo, bad boys. How about you guys, Colin, Joe, any favorite matches? Not even WrestleMania, uh, but just favorite matches. Joe just out. alluded to it. If we're just talking favorite matches, and the one that I have shown to people is the Mick Foley Undertaker Hell in a Cell. And I have said, Legendary. okay, you keep saying this is fake. Madison Square Garden, 
that man is, what, 20, 30 feet in the air, and he's falling off of pure steel onto concrete. It's a breakaway table, but it's a fucking hard a, table. A and then table. thumbnails underneath it. Yeah. I mean, that was just, he's like, everything that could have been crazy. He's covered in everything. His he tooth ended up out. in his nose. Yeah. Oh, my that shit God. is fucked. If I can jump in just real quick with a quick story about that match. That was the yes. first WWF pay-per-view I ever ordered. Um, wow. And we actually had a problem with the, the feed or whatever, so we had to keep calling the cable company. Didn't get the entire show. Like, it was just dead screen up until that match, right. so we ended up getting it for free. But okay. up, up until then, I had only ordered one w, WCW pay-per-view, um, which was a Road Wild show. Uh, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a great show, but it was outdoors, so that's cool. I have, like, a, a bias towards nice. outdoor yeah. matches. But uh, was DDP in the main card? Uh, yeah, he was there. He was there. Um, you can do a whole episode about DDP. Oh my god! Yeah, just, just about the yoga. But just the history that was in that match. There's a lot going on. Um, Mick Foley. If we're just talking about favorite wrestlers, I grew up really loving Shawn Michaels. I was a sexy yep. boy. Ooh, I'm not your boy toy. But uh, <laughs> the heartbreak kid. Man. I, I, growing up, you look at Mick Foley as this like cornerstone or rock solid entity in this thing that could maybe get a little dark or a little twisted and yet he doesn't and he's like a light to me so i follow him and i gravitate towards him and Mm -hmm. watching him in that match die basically and repeat his own personal history he talks about being in the audience watching jimmy snuka you know dive off the top of the ring and he wants to imitate that well, hey, I, I'm very pro Superfly. You know that, Andy. <laughs> oh, can't say that out loud. Um, but, you know, it, it just it pays off on levels beyond what you're physically seeing. Yeah. Like, the niche to Normie of wrestling is if you want to follow the soap opera storylines, if you want to fall in love with these characters, the rivalries, like what it actually means, you can get all that. But if you just want to watch people almost kill each other, you can fucking enjoy that too like gladiators. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like white trash Broadway, and I love it. And that's a good segue to my favorite yes. WrestleMania match as a kid. Uh, I got two I want to talk about. First, as a kid, uh, triple threat, tables, tables, ladders, and chairs, uh, the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys, Edge and Christian. Oh, yes. I think it was like... 2000, 2001, maybe. Like WrestleMania um, 2000, yeah. Yeah, yeah probably the match. greatest tag match that's ever happened in the history of wrestling. When it was just like, what do you want? You want tables? You want ladders? You want chairs? We got it all. You want boys like, on boys on boys? <laughs> there was there were six boys going at it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, as a kid, like, that's what I was all about. Like, the fucking... The, High the, risk. The swanton bombs. The, the 3Ds. Yeah. That's when they get into the state of so much escalation at that time where everything had to be bigger and bigger to where you're stacking ladders on top of tables that are on top of ladders. And then just straight up, instead of winning the match, I'm just going to swanton bomb off the top. For the stunt. For the stunt, yeah. Like, you could have won the match, Jeff Hardy. It wasn't about that. It was about putting on the best show, Yeah, and that's what I like. Can I point out something? uh, What's really crazy to me is that, you know, that was what, like, it's like 19 years ago, Jeff Hardy is still out there doing swanton bombs, still doing crazy spots. Like, how is his body taking that? That's wild. But Andy, it sets a high bar for sure. You're totally right. Uh, I was watching the last pay-per-view before this WrestleMania to prepare, Fastlane, and I was just sort of laughing to myself thinking, if you grew up watching wrestling and dipped out, it's a perfect way to get back in now because 
oh, I used to only like Shane O'Mac, you know, diving off of uh, off of steel the cages. Titan Okay, well, there's that old man out there. Oh, Kurt Angle's about to do his last match ever. It's like these guys are They're still, still around. Kicking. Yeah, Randy Orton's in a high-profile match. He's oh, still around. Batista is desperate to get out of Hollywood and come back to the ring. Why? <laughs> Who knows? Because of shit that happened in 2000 with him and Ric Flair and Hunter Hearst Hemsley. Yeah. I mean. But that's a good segue to bring it back to, uh, to what brought me back to wrestling, which was in college, staying up until 4 in the morning because we had to wait until WrestleMania was over to find a stream of it recorded. And then throwing a 4 a.m. viewing party where we ate pancakes in our pajamas and watched the, I think it was 2009 was the first year we did it. Yes. Oh, and um, it was Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, loser retires match. Yep. Like yep. that was another one where like the match went on forever. But I just remember thinking like, wow, I'm 12 years old again. Only I'm drunk as shit. It's four in the morning and I'm hanging out with all my college. Yeah, and the buddies. stakes are never more real. This guy I used to love as a kid might retire. It was an important time in our lives, Another Joe. good match. <laughs> important time. <laughs> to get a text at midnight that says, we're going to watch a WrestleMania tonight and know that they're four hours long. <laughs> You're like, well, it's already midnight. Yeah. <laughs> match, match of the night was the Flapjacker versus Aunt Jemima. <laughs> <laughs> no See, I'm, this, I'm nostalgic for when the days WrestleManias were four hours long. I mean, this one is yeah. gearing up to be like a seven-hour show. This is it's like 14 to 16 matches. It is... Way too long, way too much, but that's their thing. At now. least we're on the West Coast now, and it starts earlier, so you can like get drunk and watch the show and, and still maybe make it to work the next day. So yeah. then let's talk real quick. WrestleMania 35, right? Are you excited about it? Let's get that out of the way. Well, right? you know, talking nostalgia, uh, Andy's Andy's missing Flowrider. I mean, I am. I'm, I'm shocked he's yep. not going to be <laughs> Not there. even MGK. Like, they can't give us a token MGK. <laughs> But Andy, are you excited about WrestleMania 35? Um, yeah, I mean, to a degree. Like, I'm, I'm not super excited about a lot of the things WWE's doing right now, storyline-wise. I think there are some that I'm interested in. But I'm, I'm excited for the pageantry. I mean, I gotta be yeah. honest, like, the, the past couple WrestleManias have not been, like, my cup of tea. When it comes to, well, to I would agree with you. And with the past couple, like I'm saying, Flow Rida has been like the <laughs> entertainment for it. It's truly been in New Orleans each time. Like, are you excited to at least see like a new place and some fresh blood there? Yeah, well, I, I I'm excited about that. I'm excited. There there's some characters I'm excited about. I think Daniel Bryan's doing great things right now. And you know the the big big moment in his career was like WrestleMania 30, like winning the title. The Yes Movement wins. Like, it's this yep. whole thing, like, underdog story going against the power. Now he's in a total, he's in a total inversion of that character where he's, like, the authority's chosen one. He's calling other people, like, a B-plus player. So he is like, you know, lived long enough to become the thing that he hates. Um, right. Which I think is really well, interesting. Batman. I was thinking Anakin. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, Daniel Bryan is one of the guys who's getting a lot of internet stuff also coming from the indies is Brian Danielson, you know. When it comes to, like, 35, when I look at it, too, like, I've been less invested for the past couple years because as much as I enjoy the pageantry and it's, it's WrestleMania, so much of it feels like an afterthought. Like, so much of the undercard, the other titles even. The Intercontinental title is not even on this pay-per-view. It makes no sense. So, so much oh, stuff really? is ignored. Is it in the, like, hour-long show beforehand? Not anywhere. Huh. It's weird. It's so in the middle I, of I mean, a very I want boring the feud right now, so this might be for the best. <laughs> 
Yeah, but that title used to mean something. It was the ladder match WrestleMania 10. Like, the titles don't mean anything. So basically, I think I'm... Is WWE too big? Like, the Super Bowl doesn't get four hours longer just because it's, you know, later, you know? Mike, you know, that's an interesting question. Um, just in general with what they do, as football fans, I mean, we did a football episode on this podcast. I can step back and check scores and be like, wow, simple enough. Okay, I missed watching the game. Sure, I can always check in, and I'm definitely going to watch the Super Bowl. But with wrestling, I can't just sit down and be like, okay, so what was, like, the flow of this storyline? <laughs> so slept with and whose like, wife? Yeah, okay, so, like, what went like this? Until I watched Fastlane to prep for this, the last pay-per-view or any WWE thing I watched was last year's WrestleMania. Yeah, I've reached a point where I only watch WrestleMania now. Yep. Uh, what I really appreciate about WrestleMania as that type of viewer and what I would hate if I was a regular viewer, the... 20 minutes of packages for each match where they give you the whole setup and the whole feud. That's you know, why we set need to five like hours. some corn song. Mm -hmm. yeah, I love it because it gives me the setup. I love that. I hate seeing a guy I've never seen before. Like, who's the guitar playing guy come out and then he'll Ellis. do his whole bit and I will lose my I hate fucking that guy. mind. I will get so angry. Yeah. You're supposed to hate him. Yeah, yeah he's a musical yeah, that was, guest this year. You know, he's replacing Floyd. Oh, <laughs> no! Yeah, it just feels like, and they created two brands. They're creating their own competition. It's like, I can't, like, it's like if the NFL made NFL 2 and they were trying to compete them against each other. It's like, I only have room for so much football. But, but they've done this before. I mean, it's like comic books. Like, in Marvel, we had Civil War. In the early 2000s, we had the, the first trade where you were SmackDown or Raw. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, just kidding, everyone's back together. And then they just did it again a couple of years later. It's like Civil War II, here we go again. Joe, yeah. I would give anything for a multiverse style if in just one <laughs> other episode of Raw or SmackDown, there was a guy named like Cena John who came out yeah. and like had a totally different personality. He's <laughs> just like, oh, I hate Make-A-Wish. Yeah, exactly. Just he turned heel in Transformers for a little bit. Yeah, but then he he came back to baby. Um, of these matches, what seemed like standouts? Obviously, the marquee stuff is the Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte. For yeah, some I mean, reason, we'll take it out. We'll list them all yeah, right yeah, now. I'll uh, just I'll bust let's it go out down here. the list, and we'll stop and we'll talk about ones that are worth talking about. So, as Joe mentioned before, there used to be a pre-show. There is still this year. Typically, they used to do the Andre the Giant. Memorial Battle Royale in that pre-show. They're moving it forward. They're showing it at the start of WrestleMania this right. year. Kickoff match. Then we've got The Miz versus Shane McMahon. We've got Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. Triple H versus Batista. Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio for the U.S. Championship. Meaningless. Buddy Murphy versus Tony Nessev for the Cruiserweight Championship. Oh, don't know either one of those guys. <laughs> Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. Brock Lesnar versus Seth Rollins for the Universal Championship. Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte for Raw Women's Championship. Yeah, that's, that's the main event, actually, is the Women's Championship match, which is pretty which dope. Is, yeah, that's pretty cool, right? Yeah. You get a triple threat ladies match yeah. for the, the main event. It should really be Becky Lynch and Rousey. But I say let's start at the bottom of the card. Let's go with Andre the Giant. Memorial Battle Royale. Andy, any thoughts about this match? Uh, I think it's a gimmick, and it cares? means nothing. It's a, I mean, it's, it's probably Braun Strowman. Um, he's, like, their big guy in it. But, I mean, it's it's skippable every year. It, the problem is that it, it doesn't mean anything. Like, whoever wins exactly. it. Like, How dare you? Mojo I still Raleigh remember where I was it, like, when and Cesaro did nothing. won. Like, Cesaro won it, and they did nothing with him. Um, I mean, it's, it's fairly meaningless. But it's just to get people on a show. You know, get people a payday, so I'm for that. 
Um, everybody's, I think, True. four people making money, right? <laughs> it used to be the Money in the Bank match, right? And then Money in the Bank became its own pay-per-view. Is that right? They've had varying things, you okay. know. Money in the Bank was its own, like, you know. Because I remember Money in the Bank used to just be a match. And then at some point they were like, well, we'll just make that an event. Yeah, that's yeah, the same thing they've done with, like, Hell in a Cell. That's its own event. And, um, yeah, which I think, like, waters down the whole thing. Because I'm a big believer that a stipulation match should come when the story dictates it, not when, like, a month comes up in the year. But Oh, that is an interesting idea. Also, don't like make me Mike wait for yeah. all the cool hardcore stuff in one or one pay-per-view like are there any cool stipulation matches in this well and can you imagine if the nfl was like and remember two months from now is when we play with the ball <laughs> yeah like, like is, <laughs> is shane mcmahon actually going to wrestle without doing anything else like i find that hard to believe yeah, he loves money o mag yeah maybe it falls anywhere that's I, a, I like the uh i like the andre the giant memorial uh championship tag team match because i love <laughs> just getting to the name i apologize <laughs> listeners uh but i like it because i like when they cut to the statue of andre the giant that that always gives me a nice little smile right i mean i like that they're honoring him with it but the point is when you win it you just get your name put on that statue it's not a promise of a bigger match down the line it's just no. you did it's it just like hey thanks for warming yeah, us you're up making jobbers. that big statue people, happy. yeah that's great people are still <laughs> filling their seats we got it and like i went to wrestle kingdom they did the same thing they had a big like four team eight man tag match while people were still sitting down to open the show because it's like all right let's get some guys on the card and yeah i mean i mean it's uh, a it's a mini royal rumble right yeah i yes. just kind of oh i recognize these guys i'm getting ready to get my hot dogs or whatever and when so. we're saying like wrestling terms those are jobbers you know jobbers. people who are put out there to just be eaten alive technically like, you can just imagine if you had that life guys technically <laughs> they're main roster guys who yeah. are just not at the top jobbers like the unknown local guy who's just literally brought to lose but yeah they're yeah, not what dolph ziggler has been his entire unfortunately career. <laughs> the greatest the greatest jobber of all time who is the uh the ska guy Ska guy. <laughs> yeah, like he oh, just Sammy Zane. He's Sammy great. Zane. Oh. I love what Sammy. Andy, do you like Sammy Zane? I love Sammy Zane. I'm a big Sammy Zane fan. So what's You're happening with serious? him right now? I, I loved his bit where it was just like, I got kids. Come on, everybody. Well, because then his best friend like talked shit about his kids to him, and that's why they were fighting. <laughs> that's rough. Yeah. But yeah, Sammy Zane's good. But anyway, that's Andre Battle Royale. Whoever wins it, maybe Braun Strowman, he's big, but it also doesn't matter who's going to win it because when you win it, it doesn't matter. If you smell what the rock is cooking. The rock says, the rock, the rock, the rock says. All right, let's jump to how about Miz versus Shane O'Mac. I love this match. Dude, here comes the money. Yo, money, money, money. Andy, what do you think about this? You know, Ohio boys, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting. I think they did an interesting take on it uh, with making Miz the, the hero. Um, I think that, you know, Miz has, like, he's gone through this kind of, um, like, embracement by the fans in the past couple years. Like, for a long time, people looked at him as the reality show guy who, mm-hmm. um, you know, who was just sort of, like, there. And uh, I think a lot of people, like, resented him and hated him for it. But I think people are really starting to appreciate what he's had to offer and uh, what he's kind of brought to the character. I mean, he's been doing this so long now. Um, I think the storyline's good. I'm excited for it. I'm not a big Shane McMahon fan for a guy who 
uh, trains in boxing all the time. He's got the worst looking punches of anybody in the business, <laughs> but you know. But the best looking dances. The best shoes too. I want to know what Nikes he's going to be rocking. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I think it's awesome that the Miz is now has a chance to be the hero. They, uh, you know, set it up in Cleveland at Fastlane. He's the hometown favorite over there. You know, he's a Cleveland boy in the Browns colors. And, yeah, anybody, he turned that on their heads where it's like, oh, you're the Hollywood guy, you're the TV show guy. And he's like, what if I play into that? He got nuclear heat as a heel. He did such good work. And he loves the business. I think people know it, and they're finally starting to appreciate him, and they want to root for him. So I got, you know, makes people happy. The Miz beats Shane. He gets revenge on the betrayal, and Shane can go back to the office. Is the Mizzard of Oz the best name for a special move of all time? Yes. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, I'm I'm anti Miz. You've heard my jokes, so <laughs> yeah. you're all anti right, Miz. All right, put some yeah. heat on yourself, Joe. Oh, I just don't like him. I, I don't like his face. <laughs> I, 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 oh, I could yeah, never root for him. I think he's boring. Is is really my problem? I say maybe his in wing in ring mechanics, yeah, they leave a little bit to be desired. But his charisma, like he could go on to be the next like mouth of the oh, south. Yeah. Like he has so much charisma, sure. he could ride this. Friday. I wish they gave him a bunch of the dumb shit they gave to like Cody Rhodes. You know what I mean? Like the gimmicks he had, where he was like, "Not my face," and he wore like that mask and stuff. Yeah, I wish the Miz had that. Well, stuff the Miz going had on. people don't mess with the money maker and yeah. yeah. Well, so didn't he end up doing like Marine Five? So you know he's he he knows. Where <laughs> yeah, he's a real actor. Is. Yeah, and he's got like that foreign wife now. That's his bit. Is like he's got a foreign wife, and that status. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I, so you want Shane to win by jumping off of something seventy feet plus? I, if if that match isn't yeah, I, I want to see something dumb. I want to see I want to see Shane want do show. something <laughs> dumb. Like the fact that he's just in a regular match is just like well why. Well, just, like, let me ask you guys this. So just for listeners to understand, Andy, Jess McMahon, the guy who founded wrestling to sort of tie it all together, that is Shane McMahon's grandfather, great-grandfather. Where does he line up there? Uh, I think he'd be the great-grandfather, right? Because Vince McMahon Sr., Vince McMahon Jr. Yep. Wow. So that man who we're about to see wrestle, Shane McMahon, you know, his, his great ancestor tied this all together. He himself has all white hair. You guys want to see him climb up another one of these cells and jump off while his teenage sons watch him die? Yes. And oh, then I want like them to the come out and do the same thing in 10 years, and it never ends. I can't. I cannot watch Shane McMahon anymore. I mean, but you got to give it up. What other business is the CEOs or creators and founders coming out and being like, I mean, watching that fast lane, seeing Vince McMahon backstage with the New Day guys being like, all right, boys, my boys, what are we going to do? We got to blah, blah, blah. Being like, there he is. The old son of a bitch is still Fucking at it. Steve Jobs versus Wozniak in the hell oh, of a yeah. cell, you <laughs> yeah. know? Like, I would love to see it. We're going to make Celebrity the screen 10% bigger whether you like it or not. Damn it. And, like, that's the feud. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. All right. Well, I think we can move on down. This is one that I'm excited about. Uh, Randy Orton versus AJ Styles. Dude, Andy, RKO what do you think? out of nowhere. Yeah, I think that's a really interesting match. I mean, that is, like, the quintessential, like, WWE versus the Indies kind of match. Yes. Um, it's a match that a lot of people... I don't think ever thought would happen. Um, I've been a big AJ Styles fan for like a long time. Um, I think he's great in WWE. I think he's really like, I think he's really killing it. And I, oh, I think Randy right Orton's now. really good when he's motivated. Um, so I think it, like it could, could be really good. I think it could be a really great match. 
You guys ever seen that clip of Randy Orton walking into the arena asking for cigarettes from someone in line? Because <laughs> I think about that every time I think about Randy Orton. And he takes two from the guy. It's uh, not even like he's like, I'll just take a, can I have a cigarette? He's like, I'll take a cigarette now and one for after the match. Well, he had to snake an extra one. Yeah. I love this match. Like, I'm a big AJ Styles fan. I was lucky enough to see him at Wrestle Kingdom. I've been following him on New Japan, you know, after he took over the Bullet Club from Finn Balor, who we Does have he still yet have to his hear buddies? about. The Bullet Club. Yeah, are they still with him? Or? They're fucking buried deep. Mm-hmm. Like Gallows and them. And Kenny Omega is AEW now. Started that with Jericho. So there's a lot of stuff going on with the Indies guys. But just like Andy said, yeah, it's, you know, TNA, New Japan, the darling of the Indies, one of the greatest in the world, the Phenom, and then the old guard of Randy Orton, the natural, you know. And it's like, okay, that's an interesting match. And who is just, it's us versus them. It's uh, ECW versus WWE, you know. It's, it's a cool thing for the internet fans who like are looking at it in that kind of vein so i'm expecting to see a lot of like technical expertise yes. in that match it could be match of the night yeah oh, are you kidding those guys have energy they have performance randy orton the viper always kills it always looks good out there it's interesting to hear you guys talk about still putting the onus of being indie on top of him because uh you know like uh he's he's on the cover aj styles of the latest wrestling game put out you know 2k19 like obviously they really are gearing him up to maybe be the face of that company going forward yeah and like i want to also have andy speak on this it's like wwe has a style of their in-ring physicality and it's not the most technical it's not the most sports like and that's what we mean like the indies you learn different styles chris jericho is great because he went to mexico he went to germany he went to japan and you learn these styles that just look better they look more convincing it Throw tells a, a more compelling out of nowhere is wwe yeah. maybe better for the camera is that wwe is like a, it's more comic booky and then meanwhile something like new japan is closer to like ufc where there are rules and consequences for breaking them and things feel real like an arm bar can be a 30-year match because you're believing that it's causing pain so yeah it's kind of the two styles clashing wwe style versus indie style yeah, that's always been my preferred kind of wrestling, style of wrestling, where the rules matter and it's presented as a sport. Um, yes. That's what appeals to me. Um, it, it's, it's when there's a – and this is, this is sort of my issue with WWE in general, is that oftentimes um, there, there's not con- the continuity there, you know, that, that you're not really rewarded for being like a hardcore fan that's followed the product for a while and you're catching nuances and you're seeing all these little things. I mean, they will have, you know, something happen one week and then totally ignore it the next week. And that's always really frustrating to me. I think it's wrestling is strongest when presented as a as a sport. But, you know, these people are like in a Mortal Kombat style tournament or whatever from all over the world coming here, going up against each other, seeing who comes out on top. See, I'm the opposite. I love the Mortal Kombat aspect. Give me like the craziest. Like I remember the Falls Count Anywhere rules of the hardcore belt of like the early 2000s, late 90s, See, where yeah, Spike Dudley would have it for like six weeks because Al he just Snow. ran around the whole time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I that's fun too as a kid. But like, think about real sports, quote unquote, real sports, right? If you know a UFC fighter is getting ready for a big match and he like pulls his hamstring in training or he's like going to try to gut it out and go into the fight anyway you're like oh shit like that's going to have a big effect or imagine if you know you're biting a dude's ear for instance right that's going to be like you can't do that that's against the rules and now like everybody can grab a chair no one gives a shit you can punch people in the face and push the ref no one gives a shit so how do you get the bad guys to behave like bad guys if no one cares about the rules 
So it makes it hard to tell your stories without having 70 writers and all this three hours of TV bullshit. So. Yeah, and you used to have ECW as the alternative if you mm -hmm. were somebody who wanted to do that. But have you guys ever had any like success getting somebody into it through something that extreme and violent of like ECW like or one like night no stand. rules? Yeah, stuff like that. No, I think for me, those have always been, you know, that's, that's sort of like once you're in it, that's more of like the hardcore following, I think. I think it's really hard to get somebody in at that being like sort of the ground level, you know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot you have to accept and then all of you a have sudden to like, people are going through glass and like landing on barbed wire. It seems a little <laughs> Yeah, you have to already like rock before you can listen to death metal. You can't just show somebody death metal and be like, Yeah, dude, check it out. Dean Ambrose came from those like barbed wire matches yeah. and stuff. He's like a hardcore dude. So it's like everybody has these weird backgrounds. He wears jeans. Yeah. Hey, he's he's new Roddy Piper. Sorry, yeah, or Ronda we'll Rousey. be watching literally the wrestler and Andy will say, That guy's name is Necro Zombie. And I'll be like, That guy's a wrestler? That guy doesn't <laughs> Remember look like R -Truth he can beat is my in dad. that movie. Yeah, our truth. Yeah, like, so what the suck. So this, what's up? Yeah, this match is just representing those two things. The WWE yeah. style, the internet, everyone has a favorite. I'm I curious say to see what's gonna win, man. I'm hoping RKO out of know. nowhere, Randy Orton. Yeah, I don't, hey, RKO I don't know. always. I out like of AJ Styles. If hey, either guys that come out like you guys are saying, gonna be a fucking great match. Yep. I want a long match out of that one. This is this is what will carry. This will make the wrestling fans, like the technical wrestling fans, happy. Yeah. And then there's one more we'll talk about as well. But how about this next one? How about Triple H versus Batista? I'm kind of a little more into the fact that Batista seems so riled up like a bull that he is losing his mind outside of the ring, like <laughs> picking fights with Stephen Amell arrows, like Give cracking what jokes I want. on Twitter. Yeah, it's like, okay, you are ready for that match, Batista. Uh, I found a an edit on Reddit that was nice. the, uh, the Reddit give edit. me what I want promo. But every time someone said the word want, it just sped up by 10%. So, so it ends and it's just like Batista like, give me what I want. Give me what I want. What I want. What I want. It's so <laughs> funny. I love his nose ring. Andy, thoughts on this match? Triple H, Batista, callback from Evolution. Yeah, I mean, I think like if, if you look at like their overall story, uh, I think it's, it's kind of a cool match. I mean, this is the match that Batista has wanted for years to end his pro wrestling career. He's always mm -hmm. wanted to face Triple H again at WrestleMania uh, to end their story. I just I think the build for it has not been very good. Uh, that Give Me What I Want promo was not very good. Uh, as good of an actor as Batista is, he cannot cut a promo. Well, I think, he, I, I, I think he used to be able to. Um, I want to see that come out of him again. I think he used to be really good on the mic. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not super excited for this match from an in-ring standpoint. I mean... Batista's an, an aged man at this point. And this is how spectacle. Has, how has Triple H been looking? Uh, I mean, he's, you know, he's decent. He's definitely older Triple H, but he's always had this kind of, like, slow plotting style, which is, which yeah. works sometimes. He's a very good in-ring storyteller, and I think that, you know, they're not going to want to put on a boring match. With the two of them at WrestleMania and Batista's final match, or whatever, maybe probably his final match, um, you know, Triple H always wants his match to be important. So you got to think they've got something interesting up their sleeve. I'm just, I don't know if it's, not, if it's one of those that I get really excited for. Uh, you see, you say something interesting up their sleeve. With me, the 
thing they've been just blowing with Triple H lately is they put all the effort into how he's going to enter the ring. It's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. like... He's going to ride yeah. in on a motorcycle okay. in a crown with babes. solid yeah. gold? Yeah. If he doesn't come out as Thanos this year, what are they doing, right? <laughs> oh, <laughs> hell yes. Dude, for sure he will have with a like gauntlet in. Cr- That's a great Chris guess. Pratt is just going to jump in and, and, and low-blow... Low blow, uh, Triple H for the win. Well, he's going to have him in a submission, then Chris Pratt's going to be too angry and punch him in the face and <laughs> yeah. throw the match for him. Uh, can 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 Triple H's body take a Batista bomb? Oh. Like, that's, can, uh, can, can, can Batista pick up Triple H? Yes. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, and Triple H, Triple H is still wrestling occasionally, you know what I mean? He's doing the Saudi, yeah. controversial <laughs> Saudi so Arabia old. shows. He's this doing, is the spectacle. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, not walking out of those <laughs> Triple H. The, the 6 a.m. broadcast. This is the type of match that Jim Ross would help get over because he could just sell the physicality. Yeah. Going to war, these men throwing the rule He's book. The the you guys are right. It will be very slow, very plotting. And if you had somebody who could be in the background like, the blow he just did almost killed all of us here Look in the ring. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I course. mean, he's yes. like, how old is, how old is Triple H? 60? No, no. <laughs> I mean, Maybe the guy's 50. a thousand. Yeah, he's in his face. But the no holds barred thing does open them up because neither of them can go the way that Orton and Styles could. So you give them tools, weapons to spice things up. Like, mm-hmm. it makes sense. So, you know, it's oh, the spectacle. Where's your sledgehammer, Hunter? Yeah. This is how you're getting your crossover audience in. The people who know Dave Batista and Guardians but don't know wrestling. That's what this is. Which for. I think is funny because there are going to be kids who are watching that and their dad or mom is going to be like, you know, that's uh, Drax the Destroyer. And they're going to be like, yeah, I know. Did you know he used to wrestle? What? That's so cool. And then you go back. Which, so that's cool, and that, that's what it will accomplish. It'll be spectacle, so I don't care who wins. I don't care who wins. It's probably going to be terrible, but that's the reason I'm watching this year. I think it'll be really close, and they hate each other, and then by the end, they love each other, and they'll give a hug. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't honestly, I hope it's good. Like, I, I, I hope... I want it to be a fun match. I want, you know... For I mean, Dave, I want it to. Batista's been asking for this match for years. Like, he has to have some kind of plan for it. And hopefully, you know, it's what he wants. Because when he came back before, he came back right in the middle of, like, the Daniel Bryan, like, run. And they wanted him to be the guy, but the crowd wanted Daniel Bryan. And it was just, you know, they shit on Batista. And it was Mm -hmm. just a whole thing, you know. It was not, like, a great way for somebody who's been doing wrestling for so many years, like, to wrap up their careers. The crowd, like, not giving a shit about you. Not because you're a bad guy, but because they want somebody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, just bad timing for him. Because famously that night, he beat Randy Orton and Batista 2v1 and then had to beat Triple H. So he literally had to take down all of Evolution in a gauntlet of boss battles. <laughs> I just really want to see a Batista bomb. Oh, you'll you see You love him. Batista. You I, love that finisher. Oh, that, that finisher was one of my, you know, it was like a, a faster, more intense last ride. So you know I'll call I mean? it, we will have a Spanish announce table until this match. <laughs> <laughs> Then it will be gone. There will be a sledgehammer. <laughs> Dios mio! Do you think are 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 Shawn Michaels and Triple H friends again? Where where's their relationship? Is he going to come out for a super kick? Yeah, I saw some KFab jokes that maybe Shawn Michaels will show up, but no, I don't. I don't think so. Shawn Michaels came back for the Saudi Arabia show. You know, he ended yeah. that, yeah. that retirement. But I think that was to soften match. that blow. Oh, I think it was. What are a we payday. doing? It here? is a big payday to do those shows. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's true too. Called it a favor. 
All right, well, I think we've talked uh, Triple H and uh, Drax the Destroyer, which that's what it should have been. Yeah. <laughs> I like Andy's pitch. Like, He's got to come out as Thanos. And then Drax just comes out of a time portal, and he just kayfabes it as Drax the whole promo. So that would be a good last match. I would like <laughs> if he wasn't green, but if Dave just painted all his normal tattoos red, I think it would oh, be Oh, that'd badass. be cool, yeah. yeah. True. And had two knives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hey, it's And no Bradley hard. Cooper and uh, Sean Gunn. Yes, <laughs> like all of them with him. You're the real rocket. So going down the list here, um, we have Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio for the U.S. Championship. Andy. Um, I mean, like you've you've said before, like the title is a pretty meaningless. I'm just a big Samoa Joe fan. I've been a big Samoa Mm -hmm. Joe fan for years. I recently found a photo of me from like 2001 in high school, like hanging out with Samoa Joe and my girlfriend at the time at, at this like Ring of Honor show. I think he's one of the best best guys on the roster. I think he's the best promo guy they have on their roster currently. Damn. So I want to I want to see him get featured. Rey Mysterio is looking amazing. I mean, he is looking as good recently as he did like in like WCW, like nineteen ninety six. Wow. I mean, his in ring performance is like miles ahead of what it was when he was with WWE previously. Um, he went back to the Indies. Yeah, when he he had like knee surgeries and got some stem cell stuff done. Um, oh my god! And like what? his problem for years is that his knees were so banged up. That's why he wore the baggy pants and had like two big mm-hmm. knee braces on. Um, but he is looking sharp. He's looking good. And they they've been teasing in the storyline um, this past week. They teased uh, that Rey Mysterio's son Dominic, who was a big feature in a storyline years and years ago with Eddie Guerrero over the custody for Dominic. Um, mm-hmm. Dominic's going to be sitting front row, so i got to think there's going to be some interactions. Mojo's going to maybe oh, choke out man. his son. Uh, oh, jeez. I don't know. It's interesting to me because... You're going to get what you want, Joe. <laughs> I really like these guys in ring, um, and I don't know. I'm excited for it, even though the U.S. title doesn't really mean anything. I just like those two guys as well. I'm on the exact same page as you. Booyaka, booyaka. And whoever wins, at least they're going to get featured pretty heavily. They'll ride out having that championship and do a couple other bouts and stuff. So. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. Joe's. The curse with the U.S. title is that once you win it, you're usually not on television ever again until you lose it. Shinsuke so. Nakamura. Yeah. Oh, Where is he? Um, oh, yeah. What happened to him? He won the U.S. title, and he his contract is going to be up. So there's rumors maybe AEW or go back to New Japan because he would just come back and be a god. Yeah, you yeah. also got to think about was, Nakamura won the Royal Rumble last year, and he is yep. not even in a storyline enough. To, I mean, he'll probably be in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal this year. Like, where's that? what does that mean for his career? You the know? mighty have fallen. The <clears throat> One of the greatest in the entire world, the king of strong style, New Japan, like, he was one of my favorite people on earth, and I was like so worried that WWE would do exactly what they did. So, it's like, turn him into the boogeyman, or well, at least I didn't turn him into like Tajiri or Mr. Fuji, you know what I mean? Like, they've handled them worse, Asuka slightly better, but even she's not in really good shape for this pay per view either. Tajiri, just because you brought it up, Mike, uh, in doing the notes for this episode, I sent you guys a YouTube clip Is this of Val Venus? Uh Yeah, Val Venus. Well, just I pulled a couple Val of characters Venus. that, you know, growing up that we were kids where, like, just watching wrestling, I would be like, this is like, oh my God, how is this like real? Like Papa Shango using voodoo or Tajiri shooting poison mess. Like I remember yeah. his finisher, just him spitting acid at people. And you have to <laughs> pretend that you're blind. That is insane. How is that legal? 
How is that legal? I mean, boogeyman. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah boogeyman's completely insane. Gold dust. Well, you I know, love gold but dust. gold dust. Hold on, let me put on my my wig hat <laughs> here and my wig real quick, and say that the interesting thing about gold dust or just parts of the WWE, I'll, I'll even say for the Hardy Boys, for you, Joe, is is that it gets you interested in things that you just, like, didn't know you were open to. Like, I loved Gold Dust yeah. as a kid, and that's a cross-dresser. And you're like, okay, I was okay with it. And, Joe, you don't like trashy weirdos with neon green hair, but you love the Hardy Boys. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like it's, it's an interesting weirdos. way how it can get you behind things with the personality and the performance that yep. you never thought you'd like before. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's certainly a different time. I mean, I didn't start going to raves or anything. Yeah, I mean, Goldust was a, uh, you know, he was certainly a bad guy for those reasons in the, you know, in the 90s. Yeah, it was a different time. Not the little Colin. <laughs> but he got himself over, too. I think he eventually came around. Yeah. Uh, Cody Rhodes' older brother, son of Dusty Rhodes. Rest in peace. R.I.P. Um, let's move on down the card here. What we have going is the Cruiserweight Championship, which does exist. And it's <laughs> Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese. So reading this list, Buddy. I have no idea. I don't know who either are. one of those guys are. Uh, they sound like clowns. Well, that's the problem is that WWE doesn't present them as anything but. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Buddy Murphy is f- a phenomenal in-ring performer. He's been putting on all kinds of great matches lately on their show 205 Live that no one watches because they, you know, they tape it they like don't talk before about a show it. or after a show, and it's it's a terrible crowd for it. It's, you know, they're... It's they've, just an app exclusive, too, right? Yeah, it's on the network, um, and they've just, they've really failed to make that into uh, a show that capitalizes on, you know, people are interested in young athletic wrestling, but, you know, they, they just have failed to sort of make that into its own successful brand. Now, Buddy Murphy's really good. Tony Nese, I could kind of take or leave. I think he's pretty generic. Um, but you know, this will probably, I, I would imagine that's going to be on the pre-show. Um, yeah, I, it'll be a match where the arena is mostly empty and I'm sure they'll do a great job. Um, but yeah, um, they didn't buy tickets for, for these guys. No one bought a ticket to WrestleMania, you know, buddy, you know what I mean? You're like, yeah, you like them, but you're buying the ticket for the Batista triple H Ronda Rousey. And it's, it's a bummer because they're like, yeah. Buddy Murphy more so. They're, they're, this is the technical wrestling that, like, hardcore fans, because back in the day, an arm bar would be a big deal, and, like, they would sell it, and that you could work a whole match around him wearing an arm down and then tapping him out. Now there's, like, 15 finishers in the first five minutes. It's, like, too fast. So if you appreciate that more technical style, they're doing a lot more lucha, you know, like a little bit more high athleticism, but it still has a psychology and a rhythm that you can get into, so... It'll be good technically, but no one's going to care. Yeah, and I'm not even sure that this is one that caters towards like the hardcore audience, which is kind of what you would expect from a cruiserweight championship match. Mm-hmm. I mean, like a couple years back, they had Neville going up against Austin Aries, and to me, that's much yeah. more for like the internet fan. Like, I don't. Uh, Tony Nice is fine, but I don't know if there's anyone like even, even people who regularly watch the product who really know Tony Nice. I mean, he's a pretty obscure. Cruiserweight for this match at WrestleMania, so I think it's an they definitely choice. yeah did a bad job of building that division, even like grabbing international stars because they were trying to bring some of that in with NXT. The cruiserweight thing it was really cool when they announced it. They had Kota Ibushi, who was an amazing Japanese wrestler in there, but you know nothing happens there either. So 
Yeah, a little bit of a miss on the whole division. Yeah, the classic cruiserweight classic though was just phenomenal. Really fun mm-hmm. to watch. That tournament, that tournament was presentation, like everything. And I was mattered. gonna say a cool way to build around a reality TV style presentation of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really classy, but then they just they couldn't stay afloat, um, which is a bummer. Break it down. We're going to talk a retirement match. Kurt Angle versus apparently Baron Corbin, which is putting nuclear heat on Baron Corbin. Yeah, seriously. And if that's the strategy, it's working. Because let me tell you, everybody's there to chant, you suck at Kurt Angle. No, no, at Baron Corbin. What? Yes. Kurt Angle, he's retiring. People like him. He drinks milk. Yeah, but they say you suck as in like yeah, a term of endearment. Well, they'll probably chant that you suck to yeah. his opponent as his mind game. Andy, what do you think about this? Yeah, I think this is a swerve, if I'm being honest. I think that mm. uh, I think that this is going to be where John Cena fits in. Um, I think that, that makes sense. you know, John Cena what? had his first main roster match against Kurt Angle. Um, I think that they, they, they've teased it, and I think if they're really going this direction with Baron Corbin, they've kind of done it, gone about it the wrong way. They've certainly been building to it for a while. Um, but, you know, they've been released, like, who's Kurt Angle's final match going to be against? They released graphics with... You know, John Cena on it with Shelton Benjamin, who he has history with, with, you know, yep. all these people on it and Baron Corbin's on it. And then they go with Baron Corbin after they get the fans kind of excited in one direction. So if I think that this is going to play out with a pretty quick match and then John Cena comes out and there's maybe a segment or an interaction or, or even maybe a short match between the two. I mean, the problem is that Kurt Angle, I mean, I love Kurt Angle, loved him for years, but. He is not the same Kurt Angle anymore in the ring. He's stiff. He's uh, he's just not. You can't turn your neck. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy's had injuries. He's had yeah, because the Olympic medal is weighing it down, guys. He is a hero (laughs) to this country, and I will only see him respected. That's right. Well, he needs to be respected in the match too. That's why I kind of agree with Andy that it might be a swerve. Which for the non-wrestling normies, that's a a subversion. It's it's what we call a last Jedi. You know, it's a subversion of your expectations. So they might, yeah, have some come out because he deserves a better match for his retirement match than Baron Corbin. It's just a way to get Corbin, who is a heel, a ton of heat, and then you can always pull him out of the match and people still hate him. And he can always talk about, I didn't get my match and be a whiny baby about it, and that's some heel shit. So hopefully we'll get the swerve and get what Kurt Angle deserves. I hope so because Baron Corbin is boring. (laughs) Yeah, he is. I always thought he was boring. Isn't that one of these guys who just looks trashy? Yeah, but if you're using him as a heel, and that's what gets heat, but also I just don't think he's that good a wrestler. Anyway, please don't come find me. You're bigger than me, Baron Corbin. Um, good luck. Kurt Angle, we love you. He's a Hall of Famer, for God's sake. He's already in the Hall of Fame. Give him the match he deserves and the match that we deserve. Moving yeah. on. This is a big one. Sort of, depending. I don't know. Brock Lesnar, Seth Rollins. Championship, Universal Championship. You know, we got Brock coming back for the big paycheck. Seth Rollins, remaining member of the Shield. Obviously, Roman Reigns went through some medical issues this year, to say the least. Thank God he's recovering. But Seth Rollins kind of had to step into that spot. I like Seth better. I always have. Andy? Uh, yeah, I like, uh, I like Seth. Um, I think that uh, hopefully, this, 
this is the one where, uh, you know, they do the, the big title switch. Uh, and they, they've kind of, you know, they've done in the past, though, where they built to what seems like a clear Roman Reigns title win over Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania and, and not gone with it. Um, I think mm-hmm. that this is the time to do it. Uh, I think that especially if Brock is, is leaving, you know, it's the time to do it. I think even if it, he's not, like, they have to do something where they refresh that title picture on Raw because it is uh, not, you know, it's not the most exciting thing in the world um, with Brock Lesnar rarely there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, should we mention that it does have issues when your uh, superstar status grows too high for you to maintain showing up every week? And we see that with commitment issues with Brock Lesnar or people where, although John Cena would defend himself saying, I put, you know, my sweat and tears in this company. Yeah, but you are off shooting blockers sometimes and you aren't here. So, yeah, I would I would hope. You know, I was just so fucking impressed by the final match of S.H.I.E.L.D. and sort of the dignity that's been going around with these guys lately. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very for him, so uh, go Seth Rollins. I'm for him, but also, like, he's a little baby boy compared to Brock. Brock, and the they build Brock machine. up of, like, you know, he's just going to come out, hit, like, six fucking F5s, 30 German suplexes, and the match will be 10 minutes long, and that's it. Now Seth will find a way. He's the first ever NXT champion, by the way, fun fact. So... Yeah, I, I mean, I just hope it's it's. I'm sick of the Brock Lesnar shows up for his one match at WrestleMania. It's two minutes long, and that's it. I do you feel good ever watching him wrestle? Because to me, all I think about is him killing Undertaker, like destroying that. And John Cena, man. he just, <laughs> yeah, and just threw him like, around the ring. Yeah. But that's in your mind. Like they did build him as a destroyer and a world eater, and I think that's what they need to do now is get Seth. You know. Seth can work. He can make, you know, big guys look good. You know, he's done stuff with Braun Strowman. I mean, he could do it. He could make this be a real match and sell the pain and really do the underdog thing. I hope so. I really hope it's it's not a one-and-done type thing. I want Seth with the win, but he's going to get beat down. He's going to have to earn it. Oh, yeah, I mean, even if he loses, I just want a match that's not, I mean, two, two minutes long where he just comes out, hits his moves, goes back, collects his paycheck, and then talks about how he's going to go back to MMA. Seth can carry it, and then... Brock will throw him on the ground and he can lay down for three minutes till Brock catches his breath. Yeah, because he's like a fucking great white who's just like, oh, he's eating my life. (laughs) Good God almighty. That man has a family. Um, Should we move on to the main event of WrestleMania? Let's do it. Actually, well, quickly. Should we talk about the the other Daniel Bryan championship match that hasn't yes, been quite Yes, because that announced. got announced Yeah, before we made the list. So, that was after. just speculative at that point. So. Yes. I think we definitely need to touch that because that's another contender for match of the night. You want to you want to bring us up to speed? Um, okay, so basically the the match is going to be Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston, which has a kind of a very organic build, so it's kind of nice. Um, I think they've done good things with it. Um, basically, uh, during the elimination chamber, right before that, Mustafa Ali was supposed to be in it, and he ended up getting injured, so he wasn't able to compete. And so Kofi Kingston was put in, and the crowd really organically got behind Kofi Kingston for being an 11-year veteran in WWE and sort of never getting his due. And it's very much like an inversion of Daniel Bryan's hero story. Like I was saying, it is uh, Daniel Bryan's the bad guy. He's the guy who the corporate people are behind, and he's saying that Kofi's not good enough to challenge for the title, and he hasn't earned it. You know, all these things that were said to him during his big title chase uh, when he was this hero. 
And I think, you know, I think it has a great storyline. I think Daniel Bryan's killing it. I think Kofi Kingston's been killing it lately. And I would love to see a big title switch here. Um, but my concern is that I feel like all of the main events are big title switches. And mm. so I, I wonder, you know, are they going to switch all, like, are they going to do all these title wins in a row? Like, Cause then I, that just I don't know that the stories the work right, though, if they don't have the hero, like, triumphing. Like, I think they built a lot of very similar stories this year. Yeah, that's the, what we call an infinity war. <laughs> it's when all the bad guys win. And they'll band together. I do love this setup, too, because they've done it in the past where you have The Rock as the people's champ, and then now The Rock is the corporate champ, you know, and it's like you bring them over from being Robin Hood to working for the man, right? And Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Yeah, Hollywood Hulk Hogan, and, you know, it's, it's well, he was NWO, but, yeah, that kind of thing where you take a beloved character and you turn him heel, and sometimes it works or it feels forced, uh, you know, that's the two outcomes you can have. And this one feels like it's working because... Everyone has such a strong emotional connection to Dan O'Brien, just like they did with The Rock, that when he does flip sides, you feel a certain way about it. And then now Kofi, everyone wants him to get his due. And he deserves his New career. Day, he was very fun, and he always has his Royal Rumble moment. People are familiar with him, and even if you haven't watched all of his matches, people just kind of like him because he's been around. Dude, they've liked him since he was a Jamaican high flyer, and yeah. he was just Kofi Kingston. He's let alone Kingston the fact run. that Yeah, let alone the fact that he's a... Pink and blue tie-dyed guy with twin tails, you know, talking about unicorns and the power of pancakes. I mean, I love the motherfucker. Talk about, to quote Stone Cold Steve Austin real quick, turning chicken shit into chicken salad, as he would say. Uh, the, what the New good. Day did with their fucking bullshit preachy gimmick to turn that into something so over. Good job on them. So that they get the chicken shit, the chicken salad award. Kofi Kingston being a big part of that. Xavier Woods. And Biggie Lengths, and I thought, you know, they did the best that they could with that gimmick and actually turned it into one of the most fun things in a very bad tag division. Oh, one of their biggest sellers for years. I mean, everybody loved the New Day. Yeah. yeah. And Paige did when they tag teamed her. Oh, geez. That no, was not no, it. No, <laughs> That's no, a hot no, take. No, 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 no. Anyway. So this is another contender for Match of the Night. Two absolute animals, mechanics. You know, they could do it all, and... I'm excited to watch the match. Kofi's fun to watch, man. His kicks, it's its the battle of kicks to me. <laughs> That's true. And, he, and those kicks were stolen from Kenta from Noah in Japan. But anyway. But like Andy's saying, it's so cool that the guy that people are rallying behind. I mean, I saw posters that were like devil vegan. You know, Daniel Bryan, a guy who's like, no, conserve, you know, we have to recycle. We have to conserve. I'm going to be very militant about it. Yeah. <laughs> Just the interesting storylines and characters that can come Which together. is like that, that. That had to have come at some point. People were watching Total Divas, and they were like, "Oh, he's kind of a maniac." And then they were like, "Okay, we're gonna use this. We're gonna use your your the insight we got from Total Divas and bring it in." Yeah, what a good guy you are. Yeah, I think there's a really interesting dynamic to this whole thing, though, because that's not like part of the story. Because like, who is more consumerist than the New Day? Than the people who have like right. a different product every week? Yeah, the guys uh, who invented pancakes. a cereal. Yeah. Like, and, you know, Daniel Bryan, like, and I think it's really interesting, like, Daniel Bryan's character, I know he's wanted to do this for a really long time, where he's, like, the evil vegan, the, the guy, but it, it, the, he's, a, he's a bad guy because he's an asshole. Like, he, he's, that's his thing. Like, he's on, as far as, uh, you know, what he's saying, he's not really, he's not really saying a lot of, like, his viewpoints, I guess. I agree with more of them than I disagree with. When it comes to like not destroying the earth and whatnot, but he like approaches it in a way where he's unlikable. 
Whereas, you know, yeah, he's like, I don't even own a TV kind of guy. Yeah. And you're an idiot for owning a TV. He's right? rolling his eyes at you. But yeah, meanwhile, he can't really attack the consumerist angle because of the New Day background, right? So there's no moral difference. It's just he's kind of an asshole about recycling, so to speak. Yeah. I love it. But I think it's going to be a fun match. I love both these guys. And that's another great WrestleMania moment we didn't mention is when he beat Batista and Randy Orton 2v1 and then Triple H. How yes. awesome is that? Yes. The yes movement? That's yes. probably what. Yes. That's the Rudy with a victory of pro wrestling. And then we have the championship match. The main event, Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch versus Charlotte for the Raw Women's Championship. This is huge. And it's interesting that we didn't really talk about the relationship of women in WWE or, I guess, wrestling in general. The division of divas sort of came about in 2010 where prior to that, of course, women wrestled and fought against each other, but they wanted to legitimize it and say, okay, it's not just about the striptease matches. Yeah, or no more schoolgirl matches. Yeah, no more yeah. bra and not, We're not going to be doing that. We're going to be actually hiring people who can wrestle and when you were talking about like what match are you most excited for at WrestleMania earlier, I've been following the Becky Lynch, the man movement so oh. closely. She's so cool. Joe, you latched on like to her very early as a diva and said, no, 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 I like the cute Irish girl who can kick ass. The and last kicker. Yeah, come on. Yeah, the, yeah. the last kicker, and she's always been the last kicker. So to see her go up against uh, what you would call a legitimate professional, Ronda Rousey, she it's She could a very beat cool us all match. up at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Ronda Rousey? Maybe. Any of them, but yeah, definitely she could. I mean, is this going to be a good one, Andy? I think this is going to be the good one. I think think it's going to be a really good one. Um, I'm less excited about it since they made it a triple threat. I think that Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, that was the one everyone wanted. I mean, Charlotte's a great in-ring performer. Charlotte out of there. I just feel like the story's really kind of taken a hard hard turn, Um, so I'm less interested in it, but... I'm sure it's going to be great. Like three of the, you know, three great in-ring performers. I mean, Ronda Rousey is phenomenal in the ring. Yeah, I've been surprised. I mean, I guess I'll find out when we watch the nine million promos day of. But is Charlotte on good terms with her dad now, or are they still off? She is on like unaddressable terms. Like they they did that whole Batista angle where Batista beat up Ric Flair, yep. and then the next night on SmackDown, Charlotte didn't address it at all. So, oh, geez. I think they've got, you know, that's, that's plot holes. You know what I mean? Like, that is yeah. some issue. Yeah, she would have a comment about Batista attacking her dad. Was it on his birthday, right? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I was thinking maybe they could go the way where, you know, during the uh, Triple H-Batista match, Ric Flair gets hurt, Charlotte has to pull out of the match, and we do get the Ronda-Becky showdown. That would be amazing. But, uh you know, I don't know. That, that, we're we're, we're armchair booking, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, it is tricky, and anytime you have a, a triple threat match for a championship, it's just it's hard to tell a dynamic story because you have three people in the ring. So some peop- someone's got to get knocked out for a little bit. Three's a crowd, man. Yeah. So uh, hopefully they can make it work, and it has worked in the past. There's been you know triple threats with Chris Benoit, and Shawn Michaels, and stuff. Um, Chris Jericho. Anyway, uh, it's worked, and hopefully they can make it work. But it's the first WrestleMania main evented by the women's division. That's but huge. But it totally We're makes no sense. We're no longer the divas. Be- yes. Oh, Which, yes, thank God. totally not, because they are actual legitimate. Went from being like a gimmick, right? And then you have people like Lita and Trish Stratus really doing the physical wrestling, and then that becomes a divas division. And but 
like the whole year has sold this match so well between Ronda breaking Becky's nose, you know, to the social media work that Becky has put oh, into teasing and mm -hmm. taunting and creating the persona of the man. I mean, personally, I don't really like when a character sort of hits that bullying level, but the confidence that she's coming out with her character, she's that face heel mix. I fucking love it. Wait, I mean, she's like the new rocker Stone Cold. Like when you're going against Ronda, you have to have that that arrogance, that confidence to it, and mm -hmm. I think she's pulling it off so well. Yeah, I mean, but that's what you're talking about, right? You're talking about her going against Ronda, like. But but it's a triple threat. Like, where's mm -hmm. do you feel like that water's the Charlotte down a angle? Bit? Like, I know. Yeah, I don't really care for Charlotte. Yeah, we're anymore. not talking about her, Andy. We watch Charlotte. Out. The thing. Yeah, yeah we, everybody does. My question, though, with the whole card in general, and what I mentioned like a little bit ago, is like, is this Becky Lynch's crowning moment, but also Seth Rollins' crowning moment, but also Kofi Kingston's crowning moment, like? What, is it the uh, new Avengers? So somebody's, yeah. not gonna, yeah. somebody's not going to come through there, right? Like, you have to imagine. Mm -hmm. It's a little different than WrestleMania 1, where it's like, oh, you know, I hope Hogan just drops the elbow on Andre the Giant. And that's, like, all the stakes we're leading up to that giant moment, opposed to, like you're saying, well, you know, I need to see the payoff of this person, and hopefully they win. But if they don't, I've got six other people on this bingo card that maybe they'll get what they want. Yeah, what was the storyline? Andre the Giant is really big, and you probably can't beat him. Yes, I can, brother. Yes, I can, brother. <laughs> and then he brother. Just watch me, brother. When Hulkamania slams you, you know. Boom, watch out, Cocker. Yeah, I'm coming all. for you next. Even <laughs> this little stuff, like when, you know, uh, Macho Man grabbed the ring bell to drop it on Ricky Steamboat, and that's a dirty move. Like, that was a huge deal. Like, what, what are you doing right now? Remember it's like, when your gimmick could just be that your name was Jake the Snake Roberts and you had a snake? Yeah, that was it. <laughs> he didn't even like snakes. <laughs> oh, is that the big twist in his story? There's actually a really fucked up twist. So the Nasty Boys, they're a really shitty tag team. They allegedly poured hot coffee on the snake when it was in the bag just to be dicks. Like they oh. were just... Yeah, there's like actually... Talk about, oh, go ahead, hmm? sorry. No, no, it's like ribbing on the road, like pranking each other. But there were some guys that were just That's asshole terrible. dudes. And some people like... Would fuck with the snake. It's not cool. Yeah, and the snake is actually like a big problem. I was listening to Jake the Snake recently, and he was talking about how um, the snake did not last very long, like on the road, and so they kept having mm -hmm. to get new snakes. And it started <laughs> where they were just getting a new snake every two weeks, and it was just a whole whole thing. You know, yeah. it's a yeah. relationship God. that you're supposed to have in the ring, and it's like a snake you got yesterday. So it's like That's nervous. So well, there's like one where it's biting the Macho Man's bicep, and it's like, oh my what God. the fuck is this? But um, or Stone Cold's, but um, the f inverse of what we're kind of bring us back to the women's championship match is then on the other side we have Asuka, who's incredibly talented, who's the SmackDown Women's Champion, and she's having just like a throwaway match with Lana. Yeah, and she's not even really getting featured. Right, so they can do both an excellent job and a terrible job at the same time. And I think that's what you get with the WWE. You just kind of end up in the middle somewhere. Like, you get a little bit of cruiserweight. You get a little bit of technical. You get a little bit of drama and a little bit of celebrity. You're kind of there, but no one's fully happy. Halfway happy. Everyone's kind of compromising. But that is the Super Bowl effect. The people who watch the Super Bowl for the commercials are never happy. You know, they're, they always say at the end, all the commercials didn't live up to this. Well, I watch it for the game. Well, the game was a tie, and it sucked, and, you know, this yeah. out at the end. It's the same effect of trying to build something up to the end of a year, and that climax is just so small and weak. 
And there's just so many moving parts that it would be very difficult to completely knock it all out of the park. And I can't think of one WrestleMania that I've watched where I thought every single match is stellar, etc. So it's too much to ask of anything, but... And Flo is not even going to be there, so... True. Or MGK. here talking pro wrestling wrapping it up because stone cold said so what 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 i always hated when people did that i hate i hate How anything where the audience has to interact I'll, I'll give my last two while we're talking wrapping ups of just things i hate with audience interactions of wwe or wrestling i hate whenever the audience starts talking or chanting to take over the ring. And I understand that there's a long history of that to actually support and go When they're being the disruptive, character. yeah. Yeah, it slows it down and it sucks. Uh, and then the other thing I hate is whenever it cuts to the audience of, like, a tearful little boy who is, like, dripping in, like, gear of the wrestler he is there to support. Like, if it's, like, he cuts to a John Cena kid in a John Cena hat, shirt, he's three years old. Somehow he's standing by himself and saluting and crying. I'm always <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, get that shot out of there. I His don't need to see that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, they got to make the propaganda somehow. Yeah. You know, the kids love it, but, you know. Yeah, hey, I mean, any complaints while we're just talking about it? anything that you don't like about how WWE is presenting their package, guys? I've heard you guys say that the shaky cam and the cinematography of how they follow matches now is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it can be very frustrating to watch in that regard. Uh, to me, I'm a big believer that less is more, um, and... They've, they've said in their, their business conference calls that they judge the success of the WWE met, uh, network based on how many hours of content are consumed, which is why we end up with like what's going to be potentially like a seven-hour WrestleMania show. And, so much. you know, God. I think that, that stories that don't need, I mean, aspects, their roster's very bloated. I think that they're just... You know, it'd be great if there was just a trim all around, um, especially when it comes to content time. But that's that's my big complaint, I guess. You know, as a kid, I can't imagine, you know, grown-up adult me saying, like, I want less of this, you know. Uh, yeah, but that's just kind of how I feel. Like, especially if you want to follow all their brands. there's You know, they're assuming that you're a human with no life that will spend mm -hmm. every week, week night and weekend night watching their product. And I think that that is, it makes it very tough to, for the casual fan to follow. I think it makes it really tough to just stay updated on everything. So that's my big complaint. Uh, Andy, you're talking to a kid who's like, uh, I'll watch Marvel stuff forever if they ever make it when I grow up. And then I drive by a billboard. And I'm like, Cloak and Dagger season two. What the fuck is right. that? I've never, what? <laughs> I get it. I agree 100%. I think that's very well put. They need to trim, get back to maybe just one show. There's Netflix now, HBO. Like, there's too much. You can't be asking us to watch three or four shows a week and on your app. Well, think. it's interesting for the direction of it because there's kind of never going to be a regime change because the way the McMahons are doing it, 
you know, there's never going to be the Disney merger, unfortunately. They they go so far that they're trying to bring back the XFL. You know, that's how invested it's in coming. themselves that they are, let alone all the Trump stuff that we didn't even talk about in the connection with Linda. But, you know, it's just the the way that this company exists, I don't think it ever could get small because all it ever dreams of is getting bigger and bigger. Well, that's capitalism, folks. Shout-outs to Jacob. <laughs> Do you um, remember when uh, Booker T called... Hulk Hogan, the N-word, live on air. That's one oh of my, my greatest favorite clips ever. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we're coming from you, neighbor. Yeah. Um, and then the, just the head then, shake afterwards immediately, like, oh, I blew it. But <laughs> then here's the over, like, missed, you know, vision of the WWE is Vince then recreated that bit where Vince is walking backstage and says it, like, my neighbor to, you know, one of the superstars. And I think it's... Right? Um, yeah, who was that? I think it was Booker T that he said that to. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, tell me he did not just say that. And, like, they played it like a joke that Vince used the N-word. And it's like, I don't know if that's <laughs> appropriating know, the meme right, Vince. He has some weird creative. But they always go with it. They believe in it. They have been successful. I just think it's oversaturation. And they want to get bigger. They're already the biggest. I just think it's so Well, they want to change the model. Inflated. How about this, guys? Would you recommend the app WWE Network for just $9.99? You know what? I, I don't even have it anymore. I don't have it. I don't subscribe to it currently. Um, but I will have to get it for WrestleMania. But um, I think that it I think it's a really great uh, deal in terms of like content if you're a oh, big yeah. wrestling fan. I mean, they have, you know, every pay-per-view ever. Like, I was a kid going to Blockbuster running like WCW Fall Brawl 95 on VHS. Oh, like, As a uh, tape trader, now you have access to their entire catalog, all of WCW's catalog, every pay-per-view ever. I mean, that was one thing in college that like immediately brought me back into it was being able to watch, you know, uh, Royal Rumble 1999, ECW, One Night Stand, like being Ooh. able to just watch that Joe, stuff you know was so fun. you recommended to me that we kind of touched on here before. I remember you texting me out of the blue, hey, I watched just like a best of like moments for John Cena that oh, showed that was great. his first match with, with Kurt Angle. With yeah, Kurt Angle that whole match. Different cool moments. I remember thinking, oh, that's really dope that you could do that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, every year I just sign up for the WWE Network on the day before WrestleMania with a different email yep. and get the free month. I think it's definitely worth it because they have all the documentaries too. They're like, yeah, it's good to get it for a couple months, learn everything you can about pro wrestling and watch all the great matches. And then you can kind of dip, but it, just having that for 10 bucks is a huge resource because some of those documentaries they produced are, are really good too. Um, and there are times you can swing it. Like if you sign up on the right day, it's, you know, a, a month-long trial, but you might end up getting two pay-per-views because now there's a pay-per-view every month. So if it's the 7th and the 5th, you get both of them. Yeah, yeah, truly. And it's a good time to mention that this podcast has been brought to you by WWE Network. Go <laughs> yeah, to WWE. <laughs> run wild, brother. Uh, run wild with nine ninety nine. Yeah, watch all episodes of Camp WWE. Uh. Yeah. One thing I want to mention, because we can't do a, a WrestleMania episode without mentioning Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler, like some of the great commentators and how important they are to like, you know, Jer Jim Ross said it. Um, basically, you need someone who can explain to the audience why something is important. And that's how you get drama. Like, oh, you see, he's attacking his knee because last week he fell down the stairs and that's his weak point. And like, now I have a connection to the psyche of the characters, right? And now we're like losing that. And that's what I think also hurts the product when they don't treat it as sport-like. 
they're always telling you, be sure to go on Twitter. Remember last week, they're talking about things that were happening on other shows uh. that are not relevant to the action we're seeing in the ring. So it's like watching a TV show and reading a book. Like, there's no connection between them, and I think that's a really big problem they have with their presentation that just really irks me, because New Japan and, um, like, Lucha Libre promotions and indies, like, they treat it like a sport, and they call the plays as they're happening, and everything is relevant to what's happening in the ring, and I just, I just prefer that, and I think it creates a disconnect with the stories they're telling. Is anybody doing special color commentary this year? Is it Booker T? Do we know? He just does pre-show stuff. I don't even know who they have on... I don't even know who they have at the table these days. I couldn't recognize the guys at Fastlane at all. I was like, wow, uh, Cole's not even there It was Michael Cole and JBL for a while. No, they're not even there anymore. Yeah, they're there. Uh, Cole's there. Oh, were they really? uh, Oh, they just weren't calling Fastlane? Yeah, they switched between SmackDown and Raw. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Corey Graves, uh, he's decent sometimes. Um, I like Corey. He's a guy, another guy who I used to see at Ring of Honor shows in, like, 2001. Um, Sterling James Keenan. But he he does a good job. Um, and Tom Phillips on SmackDown does a good job, I think, but it, it is all very heavily micromanaged now, and I don't think oh I God. think Mike's totally right on the money. I think that they don't have the freedom to really tell the stories in the way that they need to be told. Um, I mean, it'll never be as good as The King and uh, Jr. No, and they've uh, reportedly AEW has put down like a million dollars a year for Jim Ross to come to. All Elite Wrestling, which is Kenny Omega, AJ, or Kenny Omega, on, Chris Jericho, Cody Rhodes. So they're going to get the best color guy or the best play-by-play guy in the business. That's what they need. Yeah, and I, I hope that works out. Um, I hope that uh, a pro- I hope that Jim Ross is motivated, and I, I'm not a f- big fan of his New Japan commentary. Um, yeah, but so he's healthy. Yeah, and I hope that you know a product, an American product, where he can invest in the characters and the story that he can get back to, to classic Jim Ross because I'm a big fan of his work. Yeah, because he tried. It feels like he tried to do his homework for New Japan, but he's just not familiar or invested in the same way. Like he kind of had a one sheet about their history and probably watched his tapes, but it wasn't like the magic that you get in. Good God Almighty, he's broken in half. Yeah, that's. I mean, Good so many God calls Almighty. like that. That just sticks with my childhood, you know. Yeah, it's like that's like, you know, those famous videos where they put that behind fail videos like Jim oh, yeah. Ross calls, you know, classic like puppies. Oh, that's Jerry the King. Right. So th- I just want to mention that's like a really important part of the business. People sometimes don't think about. And so when you're watching Monday Night Raw or WrestleMania and a match is happening and they're just telling you to tweet something and distracting you from the in-ring action, just kind of consider that. Yeah, I love wrestling, guys. <laughs> I really, really do. And hey, I, talking about it and, you know, watching the pay-per-view that I did for this one, I'm going to get back. I texted some friends and said, let's get together for a party for WrestleMania. So Normie's listening. If you fell off too, get excited. Now's a good time to jump back in. Yeah, absolutely. And also, wrestling video games. Really quick. They're great. They're fun. Yeah, There's so many of them. we touched at the top, but truly it brought all of us together just to be able to sit down and create little backstories of let's create characters let's you know create our look my guy's name was kid nitro uh, i mean you know he was a high flyer i mean i don't know how many times drunk i said kid nitro wouldn't say that kid nitro <laughs> would do this and just yeah create a little background yeah I mean, real quick so great. yeah what's your best create a wrestler you know in your history andy oh uh or your favorite uh, it's tough to say. I mean, as, as far as like fun, coal miner Ben, yeah, uh, coal miner Ben for definitely uh, the brother, the lost brother, the coal mining brother of coal miner Ken. Uh, oh he no, was Coles, uh, friend of the podcast, yeah. Coles, an intense communist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah, you know, just a big sweaty man run, running around with Kid Nitro. Uh, it was good times. I had a caveman character at one point, but Joe's probably had the most interesting because he has <laughs> the ma- most consistent. Well, maintained the same character over. Well, okay, we got WWE 14. Well, no, we got to play yo 2K17 now. Well, hold on, I got to remake Ace. Ace. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ace has been through every iteration. Uh, Ace is a time traveling demon hunter uh, who has. <laughs> You know, like, there's multiple costumes, like one when he's a young man. Yeah. Uh, well, why does this one not have a beard? It's a, just a different point of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, always, like, uh, long gray hair, sometimes in a ponytail, sometimes like, master in, like, of a karate. Yeah, master of karate. Uh, no shoes, like, cut-off khakis, no shirt, lots of scars, and eye patch occasionally. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, like, a black punk rock vest, occasionally, yeah. if he's teaming up with the right people. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Mike, did you ever do anything like that? I would just, you know, I was really into ninjas, you know, so I would just make ninjas that did a lot of luchador moves and stuff, and it's just, I guess he just showed up and decided everybody was dishonoring him, and then he was going to take that belt. I don't know. I would just slide the sliders to maximum setting and make a green guy and call him the Incredible Hulk, but <laughs> I spent more time creating wrestlers than playing the games, I swear oh, to God. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah. move sets, the taunts, Yeah, so even if you hometown. don't like wrestling, if you just like games where people beat each other up, check these out. They're a perfect way to just sit down and do oh, yeah. that. It's I mean, like, we had specific rules, like when you play a Hell in a Cell match, you have to break both the panels. Hold on, you can't pin me yet. Pin. Those panels aren't broken, bro. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, a lot of people that like very upset panels. about pins happening before the <laughs> yeah. panels are broken. I, I most certainly have seen one of my grown-up friends stand up, throw a controller, and say bullshit as they stormed out. (laughs) If games don't have a chance of ruining friendships, they're not competitive enough. Yeah, truly. It's like uh, playing a D&D campaign where you need a day to just create characters before you can actually play. Sometimes it feels like that. But once you get into it, you just, all right, we're only going to use sledgehammers and barbed wire bats. Let's go. Um. All right, well, Andy, thank you so much for joining us here in the ring. Anything you want to plug? You're a fantastic director, cinematographer, photographer, an Emmy winner. Uh, tell us your Twitter. Tell us your website. Um, I do not have a Twitter. <laughs> thank uh, God. That's easy. I don't need to put that in. Yeah, the no, I don't have a, uh, Instagram, uh, Splash Into the Street. Um, I don't really have anything to plug. Otherwise, I mostly just post uh, pictures of cool, cool places that I've been. Uh, but yeah, it's been great talking to you guys, catching up with some friends over some wrestling. That's what WrestleMania season's all about, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And hopefully the audio gets here and uh, we don't have to just put a bunch of Stone Cold Steve Austin what's every time we ask hey, you a question to hey, cover so it. What did you think, Andy? <laughs> when I was in the ring and I beat up. Yeah. Hey, I just don't give a damn. Okay, well, <laughs> moving on. Um, yeah, guys, wrestling's great. It's uh, yeah. White Trash Broadway. It's physical storytelling. You can do a whole narrative 22-minute match that is telling like a dramatic story of push and pull right and pain and overcoming something and just kind of look at the art of it too it's definitely an art i think it's just hard for some people to see it that way um my first match i ever saw was the iron man match with Shawn michaels and bret hart one hour it went an hour and then no one won and it went into overtime and Shawn michaels won it and i've been a Shawn michaels fan ever since and if bret hart had won that match i'm sure i'll be a bret hart fan because both those guys went an hour straight and then bonus time, and it was insane. So that was my entry point. And that's the power of wrestling, Norman. But that was a physical story told through physical wrestling. So anyway, that's what I like. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. WrestleMania coming out. Get your friends together. Grab some Steve Weisers, some milk, and 
Get yeah, it going. Get that app. Check it out. Watch WrestleMania. Check us out, of course, on all social media platforms. Normies like us. Reach out to us to recommend any other episodes that we should cover. And, of course, I'm Colin. Hi, Mike. Uh, watch, um, watch Macho Man Randy Savage promos if you have nothing else to do. Sucky. This is Joe. And I'm Andy. For Degeneration X. Thank you, Normies. Thank you, Normies. No chance. That's, That's what, what you, you got. got. Yeah, this is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around. 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 Around.